How are we doing this afternoon? It is time for this week's devotion titled Fortune Cookie Faith, Living in a Fast-Paced World with Fast-Paced Faith. You know, we have a tendency as Christians living in this busy world, having busy lives like we all do, to have what I like to call fortune cookie faith. Well, what is that, you may ask, and I'm glad you asked me. Fortune cookie faith is, well, have you ever been to a Chinese restaurant and you've broken open a fortune cookie to see what wonderful words of wisdom lie inside for you? Or how about looking into the daily horoscope, which I don't recommend that you do, by the way, hoping for a good word for the day. We've all looked for a quick word of encouragement or hope that we can carry with us through our day in the hopes that it will make our day a little more tolerable. Has that worked for you yet? Well, neither will having fortune cookie faith in God's word. That is not going to work either. While God's word is true, while it is infallible, it's meant to be absorbed. It's meant that we dive deeply into it. It's meant for us to soak up and digest the living word of God on a regular and consistent basis. You see, like any friend you may have, if you only call upon them for a quick word of advice when you need it, and you never spend any time giving into the relationship, it quickly becomes one-sided. It becomes out of balance. Relationships are supposed to be a two-way street. It's both giving and receiving from one another. And if we aren't careful, we can find ourselves in the habit of treating God like a fortune cookie or like a daily horoscope and not like our Father who loves us and wants to spend time with us. We can take Him for granted and lose the reverence and the sense of awe, the godly fear that we should have for Him. The Father wants to be an active partner in our lives. You know, He may let us slide by like this for a while because after all, He is a very patient Father. Psalms 86.15 declares, O Lord, You are a good God and full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. See, all the promises in the Word of God are promises that were made for you and me to live by, to cling to. But if we're only picking and choosing the best verse for the day, and we haven't spent time looking into the context that the verse was uh, written in, then we're missing the point. Let's take Philippians 4.13, for example. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, this is a great verse, and we can certainly apply it to each of our lives on a daily basis. But if you don't know the full context of the passage, then you're missing out on the depth of God's Word. The Apostle Paul was in a Roman prison here when he wrote this to the church of Philippi. He was sharing with them how he was, had learned to be content in whatever state he found himself in, whether he was lacking or he had plenty, whether he was hungry or full, whether he was in chains or free, he learned to be content in the grace of the Lord. It's when we get into the Word and look at the depth of the meaning of the verses that we've seen or that we've heard that we truly begin to understand and can apply God's Word in faith into our lives. Do any of you live in a community where all the houses look similar? You know, they look like they've been punched out of the same mold. We call them cookie-cutter neighborhoods. Well, that's the kind of Christians that we become, cookie-cutter Christians, when we don't dig into the Word of God and see how it applies to our lives independently. We end up with a prepackaged faith. 
we're Christian in name only. We, you know, it's like we've just come off an assembly line from a church factory that does not make disciples, it makes parishioners to fill its pews. And it's that shallow form of faith that Jesus speaks of in Mark chapter 4, verses 14 through 20. Jesus said, the sower sows the word. And how many of you know that Jesus, of course, is the sower? And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately re they receive it with gladness. But they have no root in themselves, and so they endure only for a time. And afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now the last one here that Jesus describes are the ones that we aspire to be. These are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. We want to be people of faith whose seed is sown in the good ground of our cultivated hearts. It's so important to understand how God's promises were used when they were written. That's why it's good to look at the people who, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote the Scriptures. What did the Scripture mean for their lives and for their situations when they wrote them? It's then that we understand how we can apply God's Word to our lives. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 17, the Word says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of God is. Well, we can't understand what His will is if we aren't digesting His Word. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable will of God. If we don't understand the depth of who God is through the study of His Word and through a developed relationship with Him, through praise and worship and prayer, then we should not expect to get results when we grab a quick verse for the day and try to apply it to our lives. You know, it's kind of like when you put your offering in the bucket at church on Sunday. It's like rolling the dice with a quick, with a quick prayer and hoping something's going to happen and sending it on down the row. You've turned the offering bucket into a slot machine. Toss the money in and pull the lever. If you have an applied relationship or applied real faith that comes only through spending time in His Word and in His presence, then you may as well not have given at all because we're supposed to give in faith. You see, when we're only grabbing for the quick word from a pastor at church or on TV, or we're only finding a quick Bible verse to stand on, as inspiring as that may be to us, our faith is not really in God at that point. Our faith is in, it's, it's in faith. Our faith then is in the quick inspiring word that we heard or a Bible verse that looks like it may fit our situation, but it isn't grounded in relationship and a true understanding of God's word because we haven't spent time with him. We haven't spent time digesting his word. But please don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. When we hear a good word from a pastor or see a verse that grabs our, our attention, we certainly can attach that to our faith, attach our faith to it and apply it to our situations, to our lives. Jesus says in Mark 11:22, have faith in God. But how does the Bible say that we're to develop our faith? Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, when I read the word, I like to read it out loud to myself. I do that for two reasons. First, because I tend to get distracted if I don't read it out loud. And the second being that when I hear myself reading the word of God, it gets down into my spirit 
and I start to ingest the word and allow it to begin the process of renewing my mind, just like it says in Ephesians. Then as I meditate on his word and spend time with him, I can understand what his will is in any given situation and apply my faith to it. Joshua 1.8 says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then will you make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. We truly need to devour his word. And who is the word? And of course, most of us know the answer to that question. The word, of course, is Jesus Christ. The scripture is living, breathing word of God. He was in the beginning with God. He was made flesh, and he dwelt among us. And we need to get to know him. We need to develop a relationship with him by understanding what he has said to us throughout all generations. I recently heard a pastor describe the Word of God, the Bible, as having three levels of understanding. The first is that there is the history of the Word, which is important, obviously, because we must understand the history of our faith to know where we come from and where we're going. Second, that there is an understanding of the Scriptures and how we can apply them to our lives like I've been discussing. And the third level is when we begin to see Jesus, the living Word, reflected in His Word, all the way from Genesis to Revelation. So we need to slow things down. I know we live in a microwave society, but we need to take the time to develop our relationship with the Lord. We need to take the time to cultivate our faith and to let Him prune us so that we can produce the good fruit of righteousness. After all, He is the vine in which we abide. We are the branches. And if we're not producing fruit, we're not bringing Him glory. When we immerse ourselves in His Word, in His presence, we develop a life of faith that in turn develops good fruit. And with that good fruit, people will then see our good works and glorify God. You know, I don't have time to get into it all here, but I want to encourage you to read Hebrews chapter 11. It's known as the Hall of Fame of Faith. And verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You see, it's the confidence that you can only get through a relationship with the Father. And that confidence is the evidence of what we don't yet see, but we are, but what we are believing him for. The chapter teaches us about the nature of faith, that faith pleases God. Faith leads to obedience. It tells us that faith is sure of heaven. Hebrews 11 talks about how the patriarchs believed on God's promises and how they overcame by faith to become the unexpected warriors, just as our Father wants us to become. I'm going to say a quick prayer for you right now. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that the people watching this video will get a develop a supernatural hunger for your word, that they'll want to get to know you more deeply and more intimately, Father God, that you'll begin to make the word alive in their lives and develop a faith in them in the name of Jesus, that they could live to become an unexpected warrior just as you created them to be. In Jesus' name, I declare it. Amen. Hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. Yeah. Hey.